You're listening to Journey to Truth Podcast. the journey to truth podcast my name is tyler koala with aaron coon and tonight we have matthew mornian uh how's it going matthew pretty good pretty good thanks for having me you guys absolutely uh been looking forward to it i uh actually wasn't very familiar with your work until aaron introduced me to you uh, i understand you do a lot of uh, energy healing psychic uh psychic readings tarot cards stuff like that uh yeah i would say that's that's kind of uh yeah that's for lack of a better word, I'd call it multi, or excuse me, multi-dimensional healing, but it seems to be taking like a number of forms right now, whether it's through like intuitive information, implant stuff, uh, energy work, um, basically like whatever's needed. I try to just uh, go with wherever we're being guided. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I kind of try to jump in on some of your live videos and get a reading, but I haven't been fortunate enough to be one of the lucky lucky yeah that's that has been an awkward process because i'm not used to like engaging with like the group on that level so i'm constantly like missing people in that stream like i get like caught up in one person's energy and then i look down and there's like 20 other questions so it's that <laughs> interesting process uh in like adjusting to the public in that sense so yeah. Well, there's no way to even keep up with it because it's just everybody i want to read and i want to read and i want to read and yeah, it's an interesting thing. But one thing I did pick up whenever you were, I was watching one of your videos. You don't, um, you don't use the reversals in your tarot cards. You, you don't. Uh, I thought that was interesting because I know, I know it's preference, but uh, what's yeah. your reason for not doing that? I love that question, actually. So when I first started learning tarot was in 2012, literally the first time I think I even picked up a tarot card was in 2012, and they were given to me kind of accidentally. And I was going through a weird awakening at the time. And I just started kind of doing stuff on my own. And I didn't really work with it real heavily until I think 2015 when this uh, had a really good friend who had been, she had been doing this work for, I think, like 10 years at that point. And she had taught me that uh, really you all of the information like necessary to show what happens in quote-unquote reversal is actually indicated by the energy around the cards the nature of the question and even more importantly the scrying or the information that we're able to glean from the nature of the energy that's present so for me it's more of uh i look at the totality of the situation or other ingredients rather than the simple uh, like reversal because i think a tarot card in and of itself can show you a lot more than something that would indicate uh like uh say just like you know, like the King of Swords, like reversed or something, which will say a lot about a person's energy. But when we look at the other details around it, I think it gives us more. So it might be more of just like a personal preference. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, 
For, uh, Aaron, do you have anything to add to that? Um, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when you're doing like a tarot reading through Facebook, um, so how does it work when, when you're uh, trying to pick up someone's energy or, or pick up something from somebody? Does it just actually, that's a great question. I would love to know that too. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something that I think we're all kind of in a varying stages of like learning how to do for me, the greatest thing was number one, I think kind of learning what my own kind of signal or what my own thought process or what the voice within like my own head or whatever that is first learn what yours is. And then secondly, I think once I knew what like I sounded like it enabled me to know, okay, who's this, who's that, or what does this feel like coming in? And so for me, the, one of the ways in which I've been learning to connect with people is I'll kind of um, reach out in somewhat of, I guess we can say like, maybe like a telepathic sense, an energetic sense, whatever that is, I think it's energy that will come from the heart chakra specifically for a lot of us in the beginning, because there seems to be like this big frequency starts to gather around the heart-based energy. Um, for me, when I'm able to kind of channel that or sort of like connect with another person. And when you're in a group environment, it becomes a lot easier because you have a lot of other energies in there and it kind of charges the environment. But I'll quite literally take a breath in and I'll ask myself not, you know, what do they feel like, but what do I feel like? And for some reason in the manner of which I've been learning to operate, that seems to be the first thing that I'll do is I'll kind of reach out there with my mind. It's as if I'll acknowledge Aaron in his room over there. And I'll sort of like focus on Aaron with the understanding that there's really no gap in energy. Like we're literally all sharing the same space on some subatomic level and, you know, within mm -hmm. this space, you know, realm. And so you're kind of like reaching out to that person and you take a deep breath in and you kind of ask yourself, how does he feel? And so what happens is after I kind of like worked with that for a while and it's probably, I think it's taken me 40 years literally to be able to come out and do it like publicly because for a long time I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it'll give you a signal, a feeling. Uh, sometimes it'll be a picture. Sometimes it'll be like an outline of kind of like a silhouette, which is I think when we get into more of like the auric readings, which are actually quite easy to learn and do. But there's a whole manner. It's like a multi-stream sort of thing, um, which literally everyone is capable of doing. And I look forward to be teaching that in the future because I think it's, it's absolutely something we can all learn to do right now. But I don't know if that even answers your question. No, no, that totally does. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Um, I was always curious just like because um, you know there'll be like 10-15 people on a on a Facebook live stream right. and one person asks for a reading and, and you got to like you know isolate that one person from everyone. Right. There's actually one method that I used specifically that I kind of picked up on my own. It may have been like intuitively downloaded to me but I noticed when I was reading through uh, say like uh, the law of one particularly there's these passages where they call out by the first name like the, what they call i think it was like the like the the like the vibratory sound something or other i don't have the right terminology and for some reason in my mind that clicked off this image of just the first name being like a calling card sort of like a vibration so a lot of times in the beginning or if i'm doing like say just like a tarot reading with someone like i'll get their name and i'll literally just on in 
intention level, you're calling out to the mind-body-spirit complex known as Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. And so in my mind, it's like you're sending out, it's almost like an echolocation in the way that bats would do it. So um, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I feel that when we approach things in kind of like an individualistic sense with respect to like sending out energy, moving energy, or understanding like streams of energy that are available to us, when we do it in a super like a super specific way to you alone, it'll that frequency to really start working. And I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, we use the name, we use kind of like the vibratory complex and then any other sensory based information. Nice. Yeah, the mind, body, spirit. That's what uh, Law of One says about three times on every page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that stuff kind of like literally like in this weird way. And I, I don't know if you guys have read any of their stuff as well, but it was kind of like, well, I guess a lot of people have said that when they started uh, reading it, you would hear phraseology and the terms and sentences. And in my head, somebody started talking to me in this like law of one lingo. And for some reason, when I began to sort of bring that into like the energy work that I was doing, it added a whole other layer, which ended up covering a bunch of like Egyptian stuff. And that's a whole other story as well. But, but anyway. Aaron, Aaron, do you remember me telling you the other night whenever... I was telling him when I was reading the law of one, I would hear voices in my head. I would, yeah, I do remember that. I would, it's, I couldn't explain it. Like I've never read another book that that's happened to me before. And I actually like, sometimes it doesn't even really make any sense, but uh, I just, it's just like <clears throat> when I'm reading this book, it does, it's something that's happening on another level. Uh, it was, it was, it was really a wild experience, especially if I was reading right before I went to bed. Uh, I just, and that, I'm glad you said that because I thought it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a trip. I think that's one of the things that we can use to identify when something's speaking to us on kind of like a cellular level or say like within like DNA, like for example, there's sort of like a resonance that kind of enters into your consciousness in this strange sort of way. So yeah, man, I feel you. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, unlocking one strand at a time. <laughs> getting back to that 12 helix 12 strand instead of the double helix yeah totally um so do you want to uh i'm just kind of curious and i'm sure a lot of listeners are also uh do you want to give us a little background on like where you came from and how you yeah. actually developed your technique or your or knew that you even had this disability yeah, it is. And this is, and a lot of this stuff is still really, really new for me. I just kind of came out within like a public sense and saying, this is what I'm doing probably only in the past two years. In early 2017 was when I started really, really just doing it like all the way. And, but I would say going, going back all the way in the very start of this whole journey, um, I think like a lot of us, I came into the greater understanding of what was happening within the energetic or spiritual realms through addiction, through trauma, through a lot of just really wild, chaotic stuff early on in my life. I was one of those kids that got addicted to drugs super early on. And, uh, I, you know, I went through multiple years of playing in bands and, like, just being in this weird scene. And what's wild is for a lot of the time I was in music, I was actually sober for um, oh, yeah. which was a very painful process in and of itself. But um, yeah, I had to go through this really wildly long journey, this painful thing for 40 years of understanding actually what it meant to be an empath. I think for me, that was kind of one of what I call the maladies of, of the star seed. 
that I chose to come in here with. And for if you haven't heard of that, I don't know if anyone else talks about it, but I think the maladies of the starseed will correspond with these certain karmic or maybe, you know, timeline, life cycle events that will occur for each of us. And for a lot of us, we'll come into this life with an experience of being victimized, abused, addicted, very sick on some level, injuries. We'll have this great, great, series of catalyzing events that will occur during the course of our life that in my opinion for me were actually chosen by me for me to give me this express specific experience that if i was able to liberate myself and heal some aspect of matthew that came in very very wounded um that i was able to kind of go on and move into another stage and there's been many other stages but i would say i came into it in awareness of the work that I'm doing now, primarily around 2012, um, in which a lot of us were talking about the December 2012 timeline, and I was just working in like mental health at the time as a counselor, just doing my thing. I was aware of, you know, all of that stuff. But uh, something started happening to me right at the end of 2012. It was like a crown chakra awakening thing. My head was bursting open. I didn't really know what it was. I thought I was going crazy. I went on meds. Um, it was it was a very difficult period. Fast forward to 2015, and it happened again like clockwork. Uh, I've said it on another like interview and another story since, but I was literally walking around this fair. Um, I worked at a veterans organization at the time, and they were, they were doing this outdoor festival. And I went by this woman, and she was like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you an energy blessing." And I was just like, "Yeah, sure, okay, you know, whatever." <laughs> this woman, literally, she put her hands on the top of my head, and I sat there for a moment, and I was like, "Okay, cool, thanks." I just walked off and literally within 30 days of my life, everything shifted. This weird series of events occurred. It was as if this energy was like started pulsing and bubbling out of me. I started having weird dream visitations. People were giving me animals talking to me. It was as if I was losing my mind and I had to integrate this sort of, it was like a Kundalini awakening thing that I was going through and it took me about a year to integrate it. I think my wife started, she literally thought I was going insane. <laughs> that was kind of where it started. And there was quite literally a moment in the beginning. I don't know if I've ever said this on a public level. There was literally a moment during this awakening process at the beginning where I had no idea the energy that was going through my body. And I was just standing in the shower in the afternoon and I was closing my hand and making a fist. And one time I breathed really hard. And as I did that, this little burst of light and flame showed up in my hand, completely sober in the middle of the water, standing in the shower in my bathroom. And I was like, that really happened. It really happened. And it just stuck in my head. It hasn't ever happened since. <laughs> it wow. was a real thing. And what I understood that to be later was some sort of amount of chi or energy had like kind of started awakening in my body. And here we are years later, I'm trying to re relearn how to do that. But um, yeah, it was a really wild awakening thing. So, you know, it's been my way like, it's now 2019 and I'm still going through a process of learning how to use it. So, Well, c congratulations on actually uh, doing, yeah. doing something about it and g getting out there and, and doing the readings and uh, making a life out of it. You know, at, at least, you know, you understand your calling and you're taking action and helping other people now. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I think I it's, say though, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I will say there was a lot of conflict that got me to the point to which I'm sitting here now to say like, I'm here doing readings and I'm doing psychic work and I'm doing energy work because I've worked in the mental health field for years 
And for me, this process started with literally hearing these voices. I would go to the park and this, you know, literally there was this time where I would stand in my yard and just do these exercises and these beings were talking to me. And there was a point where I literally had to take a leap of faith and like leave everything behind. I literally left my job, marriage, everything, packed my stuff and bounced. So there's a, <laughs> it, was, wow. it was like a tremendous risk, but. Uh, well, but that's. That's the risk that did. most yeah. people aren't willing to take. And, uh, yeah. and it's probably, you know, there's probably a lot of healing you had to do. And in, this, in your situation, in the marriage, with the job, you can't, you can't figure out who you are. You need to have that time alone to heal and to, to um, go through the whole awakening. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, so it's really interesting. You said 2012 because that was the same year of my awakening and many other people I've heard a lot of people say yeah. the same thing. They, yeah. So many people I've talked to say 2012 is the year I started waking up um, to all this stuff and started just randomly out of nowhere. Like I have this desire to know truth and, and then, you know, it led them to spiritual truths or to, you know, uh, finding out about the cabal or, uh, conspiracy stuff, but then, you know, eventually that led them to deeper truths, which is kind of what happened to me. Um, I first was kind of found out about the cabal and or the Illuminati, as most people were calling them at the time. And uh, I, I, I used to be like a hardcore Christian and I, out of nowhere, I had the desire to finally uh, do my own research and question my own beliefs. And uh, that year was kind of like my transition out of Christianity into just well, seeking th truth in general. I think that year, I think that year is interesting. Uh, you know, we all hear about this event that is supposed to take place, a solar event. I think um, from what I understand is that 2012 was supposed to be the original date that this was supposed to happen, but humanity wasn't ready the planet wasn't ready. So it got, it got pushed back. Uh, essentially, yeah. Yeah, and these the ETs or whoever uh, have been watching our planet. Uh, they were they actually had to suppress or basically not suppress it, uh, reduce this energy that was supposed to be coming in. But I still think some inklings of that energy got through to the Earth, and that's why a lot of people it started affecting certain people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Corey Good you know, said as well in his uh, information. Yeah, he said the, the spheres were buffering the energies essentially. So that's what I, that's so what we, I was looking for. Buffering. Yes. Yeah. Because if they, if they wouldn't have done that, it would have been way too much and we couldn't, we wouldn't have handled it. Um, and uh, so they were kind of like easing the energies in and, and they've been uh, from when he says they, they've been backing off slowly kind of from it. And we're at the point now where they're finally, gone they're yeah they're they're like they finally don't need to do that anymore because we've finally been acclimated to the energies um but yeah it's interesting so because you know 2012 is the mayan calendar end date um lines up with that it's when the age of aquarius supposedly starts yeah. um and it's just it's like what are the chances of you know that being the case and then so many of us waking up right at that time and having having kundalini awakenings and having energetic things happen and um and then and then you just look at the state of what you know 
the craziness going on in the world it, like that i feel like right after that is when so much started happening and all the corruption started being really exposed and um all the that so feeling of uh knowledge as they call it right yeah 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 what are you, matthew what are your thoughts on this whole um i guess deep state cabal takedown that's happening right now yeah that's it yeah yeah thank you for asking um i have been watching with kind of what i would call amused detachment in that i think it's really apparent or it's really like apparent to anyone at this point that it's a real thing that exists a multi-generational cult that seems to has attached itself to the structures of our government throughout the entire world that seems to be a real thing that's actually here um now about the mass arrest and about all the things that we hear going on behind the scenes. I have to say, uh, I'm pretty skeptical of a lot of it. Um, I think I tend to approach things from like a resonance based perspective, regardless of what the subject matter is. And, uh, you know, a lot of it really feels like, you know, I don't, I'm even skeptical of the indictments that are constantly being posted. And I'm very skeptical of the multiple cues that we have because um, there's so many of them, I think, at this point that a lot of it is legit and a lot of it isn't. So I think it's like this super big mixed bag of like this. It's like this drawer full of many tools and a lot of them are totally illegitimate in the right settings. But it's like um, I'm. I'm just sort of watching it at the moment. There's absolutely something going on. I hope that makes sense, but uh, I'm more of an observer than like, a participant, like when like the it, deep state stuff. It makes perfect sense. Uh, I think it's a great way to put it, to, to sit back and watch, because as soon as you become emotionally invested in any of it, uh, it starts to take over your life. And, you know, you, you, you start buying into something or you buy into this and you just go down this road it just becomes so confusing then you really lose touch of what you're supposed to be doing here yeah well you yeah. don't wanna, you don't want to let it distract a, yeah. you from from doing your own inner work and focusing on your own spiritual growth um because it can yeah. very easily do that and and also uh, i see a lot of people in like the uh, truther or conspiracy community uh they get very riled up about stuff and they even get they can get very angry or fearful even uh, and caught up in all that. And that, that's actually, then you're, you're, you're going the wrong way, you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're getting caught up in that. Yeah. So yeah, I very, very much respect uh, your approach to that because. Likewise. Um, likewise. It's, it's, it's great to that. be up on what's camera. going on and, and doing your research and, you know, yeah, but as soon as you let that, you know, be the, the forefront of your focus, then you're you're losing track of what's what's important and then you're and then you're you know we, we're supposed to be um growing spiritually and moving towards love and then you're going towards yeah. fear when you're getting caught up in that so i feel you i feel you totally i was about to say that you guys i don't think jfk jr is still alive about to make a comeback <laughs> behind the scenes i keep on reading that it comes through my facebook thing it comes through some Twitter thing that I keep seeing, and I, I, I just want to say for all of you guys that are still, if it, if anyone that hears this is on that timeline, that's that's a literal psyop. It's being handed to yeah, you. I definitely think that's a psyop too. I've yeah. seen that. 
Sorry. Now, when there's something that there's like there's really no evidence for that people get all yeah. caught up in, it, that's a red flag for a psyop to me, and that's that's definitely Somebody, yeah. like you know like like the angry <laughs> like the angry eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, angry reaction coming to me. I'm like, oh, come on. Some people <laughs> took like a photograph of like somebody I don't even remember who it was and compared it to the old photograph and like it's the same jaw structure the same teeth and cheekbones and all the stuff and like and yeah why you get get so focused on that anyway because if it's true great we'll find out in time if it's not then we're not wasting our time you know well these people have spent these people know how to manipulate the human mind they know how to control us they know what we fall for what we don't And, and not everybody because obviously some certain people are operating on a higher frequency than others so they're gonna see the bullshit they're not gonna resonate with it and they're gonna do what you're doing matthew just kind of watch from behind uh because who knows how much of any of it is really a psyop like you said there is some legitimacy to it whatever i'm trying to say uh but you just really have to be cautious but you know it's so like yeah um you know, you can you can see all the information that's being put out, and um, you know it, the the stuff that lines up with the stuff you already know to be true, um, or that you you know you've already done your research on. You, you know, you can be like, okay, that's most likely true, or you know, you use your own uh, discernment method as you do with any information. But um, you know, I see a lot of people getting caught up in details like that like the jfk thing and 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 like you know all these little details that don't it doesn't matter like stop wasting your time and your energy trying to figure out what's the actual truth and of what's going on on a 3d level because that ultimately what really matters is what's happening on a spiritual level what's happening on an energetic level and where are you at there and um how are you how are you working on yourself and uh how are you, um, what kind of energy are you putting out there into the world? And, you know, are you helping something, that way? Or are you, are you harming that way? You know? Yeah. Something else I wanted to touch on that you mentioned earlier, Matthew, you said you came, uh, you came from a musical background. Aaron and I both did also, we both uh, played yeah. in bands. Uh, what kind of music were you into? Uh, what did you play? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I guess, in looking back at the time period, this was primarily, I would say, 2000 to 2007. Um, and this was like the indie rock, kind of like mainstream, sort of like emo indie rock. I don't know, like whatever it was at that time, but I'm horrible with like the genres. Yeah. But I would say for the vast majority of the mid-2000s, I was just kind of playing in a band, going on some tours, trying to, trying to, you know, get signed or whatever it was like we were all at the time um it was a it was a really amazing and important part of my life in fact i think that was one of the first original like incarnation like versions of me that really seemed to like show up in this world um but yeah that was called goodbye (laughs) goodbye blue monday was uh, the band that i was in for yeah i heard your uh that video that you posted the other day that was really good yeah it was right up my alley uh yeah i've been playing in bands since high school since uh very into high school so 2005 for me um and yeah a lot of like punk emo indie anywhere in that whole realm 
Um, and uh, the last band I was in was the first one that actually toured, and that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we went on, I think we did four tours, um, and that that band, yeah, it was like an indie rock, kind of emo-y, kind of like indie rock stuff. Yeah, um, it, it's all fun. It's all fun in a 3D world before you know what's going on, you know, you're just in the moment. <laughs> yeah. You think you want to go on tour, you're like, yeah, do you want to go on tour? Cause it's, yeah, it's that, cool. was, that, that was yeah, our goal yeah. also. That yeah. was our goal and that's what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we sure gave it a hell of a shot, but I understand now why it all didn't work out. And like you said, it, you know, it just, it's a part of your life you had to go through to get where you are. Just like every aspect of everyone's life, it, that's just how it works. Yeah. you know you don't you don't realize it until you look back on it you know the, now i see why i went through that or why that happened yeah. all right same thing with uh it reminds me of like stuff that your parents tell you when you're younger that never it just doesn't make any sense and even still today something will happen and and i'll be like oh now now i know why my mom was telling me that like i'm still learning <laughs> stuff you know i get it now <laughs> yeah it's just funny that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you, what do you have uh, anything planned for the future? Uh, Matthew? Yeah. Well, I, I do actually I think you were asking. Um, so I'm starting a multi, I can't say the word multi-dimensional tarot and intuitive uh, activation course that I'm starting. And basically what that means is I'm kind of, teaching people through an intro level tarot class how to understand structures in their body or chakras or meridians how to read tarot from a basic standpoint but primarily how to use tarot to understand your own emotional and energetic aspects or like your condition what's going on with you what's going on with other people how to test the integrity of truth how to look at things to kind of uh from what I call more of a multi-dimensional standpoint and looking at the many layers of what something is. Um, and so I'm starting the first kind of level of that in uh, March 31st. And it's like a two week class uh, in which we're going to do not only like the instruction in tarot and the structures of the body that we're activating, but we're also going to do kind of an energetic activation slash healing slash like a meditation in that for if people have done a clearing with me or if they've done like one of the monthly groups that i've done very very similar to that in which we're going to be moving energy specifically into the areas of the body or kind of aspects of yourself that are going to help you open up the intuitive kind of frequencies um so it's kind of like a multi-layered thing and so what it is is two three-hour courses i'm doing it on uh, march 31st and then a week later uh, we're holding another one on April 7th because there's supposed to be a gap in between because there's going to be sort of like an energy integration thing that happens. We're going to do, you guys are going to do some readings on yourself like in the week and just kind of like look at the ways your energy changes in the week in between courses. And then on the second course, we're going to look at uh, some of like the meridians and other structures in the body and how to apply those to tarot. So it's a, it's a bold thing that I, I don't know that I've seen anyone do it, but then again, you know, maybe it's been happening this entire time and I'm just approaching it from my own like standpoint, but um, it feels like a very cool and like a thing that I'm super excited to do. So, yeah. 
So this is, uh, you might have mentioned it, uh, uh, it's online? Yeah, this is yeah. on Zoom, actually. I'm going to be holding it on Zoom. Um, and like people can go to one class, they can go to both of them, they can go to second. Um, you can buy other recording if you can't make it. Um, yeah, so all online. Very cool, very cool. Well, um, uh, good luck with that. That's awesome. It's just your own project, your own idea. Is anyone collaborating with you or? Um, I will say I've had teachers. Um, I've had people that have helped me along the way. Uh, and for this uh, specific course, this is the culmination of what I have learned and picked up since a daily practice beginning in about mid-2017 and I've been reading uh, like pretty much ev almost every day and that's no exaggeration on some level uh, since since then on a very unlikely level so it's kind of like the culmination of what I've picked up and learned to uh, develop with the tarot from that side mixed with what I've been learning with the energetic structures of the body and I think a very large portion of what I'm kind of like imparting on this is some sort of like downloaded information because uh, like if you guys would have seen me a couple years ago you would have been like what this guy's going to be doing the tarot course that's <laughs> in 19 there was some sort of a walk-in or like a soul braid kind of event that i had in 2016 that i think is what really kind of began to set the stage for me to even be able to be doing this so uh it's a mixture of many resources knowledge and practice so that's awesome. That's a good way to put it. I never even thought of that being a possibility. Hey, you hear the term walk in all the time, but I'm sure that's something that's kind of happened with all three of us right here. I mean, I could never, I would never imagine myself doing this, talking about what I'm talking about. Right. I was playing shows, you know, in a heavy metal band. It's, it's definitely some type of walking. Yes. I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, something else. I want to ask you if you don't mind answering. You you talked about uh, you had to recover from some addictions. Oh yeah. Uh, I uh, I'm I I used to be a big drinker. I partied all, every weekend. You know, obviously in the whole band scene, I wasn't sober during the whole thing, uh, and that's something that I had to really struggle to get over. Um, and I'm just curious to hear what you did, uh, what it took for you to uh, overcome that. Yeah, um, I think in my case, when I look back to how that whole thing started, knowing what I know now, it was the case of me being like this incredibly empathic kid and being so affected by everything that was hitting me that I think by the time I was about 17, 16, 17, 18, I was like so painfully aware of just how, I don't know what it was that was happening that somehow by some strange route, I found heroin. Early on, I found opiates early on in my life, and I, 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 was, I was addicted to heroin and cocaine uh, probably from like 1995 to 2000, um, and then, you know, there was a couple little spots after that for like a couple years where, you know, various opiates showed up, but that was like the primary soul's journey that I think I had, that I had to go through. That was kind of one of the maladies that I chose. It was needing to heal this very, very deep wound that had existed that after I had done work with the Akashic Records, with my own kind of soul's lineage, with 
looking at the trauma that for me was literally stored primarily within the psoas muscle inside my body, which is this incredible muscle that exists in our body that's literally like a recording device that holds trauma. So I had had this multi-layered, multi-lifetime amount of trauma and drug abuse, and I chose through some strange, I don't know what it was to deal with this all during this incarnation. Um, you know, it was the great, it was like the great war of my life. I was able to get out of that primarily in the year 2000, but just dealing with the emotional after effects and what was, I think ultimately just this really kind of like dark wound that I had been carrying. Um, yeah, for me, it was all opiates, all opiates, man. And there was nothing else. That was the only thing that kind of ever really like cured that for me. But that was a thing that I was actually able to heal in the sense that I had one of those interesting spontaneous healing events. And not that that whole concept was like removed from my body, but there was a period of time in which I was actually going through a detox from a medication during this whole awakening process. It was like this opiate-like thing that I was going through. It was as if my body had been sent back into this sort of detox thing. And I literally had this dream where these three beings showed up in my house and there was some sort of a download or like a conversation that took place. And at this stage, I was so sick. I was just like sleeping on the couch in the living room for weeks at a time, just rocking back and forth, going through some strange thing. And it was as if uh, they put their hand on my knee. And when they put their hand on my knee, I woke up in the morning. And that was in, I think, I think that was in 2014 when I was going through this weird sickness thing. And those symptoms, whatever that was, never came back. It was as if that strand or that DNA piece, whatever that was, that element of me that was still around from that addicted time period, like the vibration of that, it was literally turned off to the extent that it, it yeah, it had, it had never ever showed up since in any form. It's a wow, that's amazing. That's a that's that's a very cool aspect to look at it. Um, because you see some people trying to detox or they're trying to recover and they can't and they struggle with it. But when you add the spiritual aspect of it, when you're on a certain journey, uh, you don't have to do it alone. And you just prove that with your story. Um, and I think that's, that's really interesting that that happened that way. And it's very cool that you were aware of that. That may happen to other people, but on a subconscious level during a dream state or something, uh, at least you're able to realize and understand that that happened and learn from and grow from that. I think that's very cool. Very cool. Uh, Aaron, were you ever a big partier, drug addict? <laughs> no, I was not. Um, because I, um, I grew up Christian, like super Christian. Um, so I, the good part about that is that I think it saved me from a lot of getting in a lot of trouble and a lot of negative stuff like, you know, drinking too much and doing drugs and, and well, and we all have um, our own, our own soul's journey too. You know, not everybody, you know, Matthew, maybe you were, we, well, maybe you were, you were putting on, you were putting on this life to go through those, to go through those hardships to learn yeah. from everybody yeah. has their own. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody has their own. So you're, you're everybody's path. You're maybe it wasn't in your contract, let's say. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I, so through all through like high school and, and after I, um, I never, I never went to parties, um, unless they were like with church kids, basically, or, um, 
I didn't, yeah, I didn't drink till I was 21. And, you know, even then I didn't, I didn't really get drunk. I've only, I've only really gotten super drunk like two different times. And uh, ironically enough, those were at parties. Um, but those, that was when I was in my early 20s by then. Um, and I, both times I didn't enjoy it. I was just like, like while I was super drunk and I, you know, I was just super out of it and I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I'm not in control of my body and I'm just really out of it. Like, why is this so much fun? Why, why do so many people want to do this? I don't get it. Uh, and then I felt like shit the next day, you know, with the hangover. <laughs> so I really I just didn't, yeah. what's that? I never liked alcohol. I don't know what it was. I've never, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same. Well, just didn't really work. Yeah, at least the the you know crappier alcohol that you just drink to get drunk, you know. Because <laughs> later, because a little bit after that, I I got into like craft beer and stuff. Because uh, yeah. um, I actually did like the taste of a lot of that, and I I kind of got in. I didn't hardcore get into it, but I I I would drink craft beer a little bit. Um, but again just like i would just do that socially and i would drink one or two and then it'd be done um whereas i'd see you know i was living with uh with uh, a guy named jake who's he was the singer of the last band i was in for a little over a year and uh he he drank he drank craft beer and he would get drunk all the time and he would drink like so much um so it was very expensive for him because he's buying like all the expensive stuff one of the things i noticed uh is that my body was rejecting it. You know, the hangovers got worse. It was like, it wasn't just a hangover anymore. It was like affecting me on all different levels, but then the craving would come back and I would go do it again. And then I, I knew, I knew, I knew I had to do it. Same thing started happening to me with uh, food. Uh, certain foods I used to eat your body, like I quit eating meat. Uh, I would just get, I was starting to get sick. I actually got really bad bacterial infection from eating some bad meat. And I had, this, I had to quit every time I'd try, I'd get sick. And when I stopped, I realized how much better I felt. And then when I, I, one day I was craving a cheeseburger, went back and got the burger. I was sick for the rest of the day. It's like my body just started rejecting it. I don't know why. Now I understand why, but at the time it didn't make sense. I just kind of lost interest in it. Yeah. And I, it's kind of the same way for me. Um, over the past just couple of years, I've, I like I hardly I don't eat meat hardly like I still do once in a while a, a tiny bit but um like 90% of the time or more I, I don't eat meat and I can't eat as much as I used to or, or like you said I'll start getting sick or start feeling sick um and yeah it's it's interesting because I think um as as our vibrations raise I think um when you're eating meat and when you're, or, you know, ingesting things that are harmful to you, um, they're gonna, you're gonna, you know, as your vibration goes up and then you're ingesting this low vibrational stuff, it's gonna, um, yeah, clashes greater effect on you. Yeah. And you're gonna, you're gonna notice it a lot more, you know, cause it's gonna be much more disruptive to that. So what about uh what about you matthew what, are are you uh, on any kind of high vibe diet are you still uh, is that something you're going through there has been periods in which I have gone both directions at the stage I'm in right now um I think we were doing mostly vegan for like months I'm kind of on this limited meat integration thing right now 
Um, and I don't know really why that is, other than that's what Matthew's body seems to be calling for in terms of being able to move energy, being able to do, I think, what it is that I'm doing right now. On a certain level, every few days, there seems to be some need or some sort of a blood-building activity that needs to occur within the body that I've begun to understand, at least for you know whatever's happening with me right now seems to involve the need for some sort of a meat product every so often. Now, there's been times in which I haven't eaten meat and still doing the energy work that I'm doing, um, and I was able to maintain weight and sort of do the same thing. So I take it on a purely intuitive basis in trying not to judge but allow myself to consume what it is that I feel that I need because I have a lot of, I had a lot of internal judgments about like, <laughs> like picking up meat and the act of eating meat and like there was a, a there was some time especially like last year where I felt like really kind of like militantly against anything that had a face and I was like no I'm not doing this anymore and I think that there's stages that we're going to move in and out of that for some of us stages of integration in which I think for me right now it seems to be a thing that's actually quite like beneficial to me in small doses so um, yeah I try to just be in acceptance of what uh, the body needs and uh, when it's done with it I'm ready to drop it because I do I have like a weird feeling about it you can tell just the way I'm talking about it that there's like a guilt mechanism that's like mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat a cheeseburger shit you know but, it, <laughs> but then I'm like fuck I'm gonna eat a cheeseburger <laughs> like, you know what I mean there's like multiple levels of it that we're all kind of like integrating you know what I mean that's, that's yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's real. So. I yeah, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's on an individual level. Um, you got to listen to your body and and know what you're what you need. And yeah. um, if if a little bit of meat is required, a lot of, yeah, that's that's what you need. Um, if you don't, and if you if you feel like, uh, you know, if you feel like eating meat is going to lower your vibration or is uh, going to affect you negatively, or you or you just don't. Have a desire for it then don't eat meat because um, yeah. yeah obviously there's a lot of um vegans out there that are very militant oh totally yeah and uh i fully respect that i've actually been that person um oh yeah I, there are physical like effects that i've noticed from eating meat especially primarily within in, uh or sort of like pain and inflammation in the knees um like gut-based stuff there are i mean i've noticed like tangible after effects from the type of meat like when mm -hmm. it um, when you consume it, what form it is. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's also, um, you know, if you're eating a, a bunch of processed meat and a, and a bunch of unhealthy, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I actually, you ever, you ever eat something even though you're not vibing with it? <laughs> you know, going through. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know what foods now. Like, whenever you really start cleaning yourself up, you, you can you start feeling the effect from every single piece of food you eat. Oh, and somebody yeah. brought donuts in at work a couple of weeks ago. And I was, I hadn't eaten like dinner the night before I hadn't eaten breakfast. I was starving. I was like, God, it looks so good. And I knew <laughs> what it was going to do to me, but I ate it anyway. And almost instantly it was like, I had to eat that donut to remind myself of why I shouldn't be eating them. It, I just become yeah. lethargic and, it, uh, and I just felt like crap almost immediately. Like, far worse than it probably should have made me feel but it was almost like this is here's your reminder like you're like, like oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean i mean it tasted great <laughs> yeah 
I had that experience only just like a day or so ago. I think a lot of that is actually uh, the palm oil that is used in a lot of donuts right now, especially uh, the palm oil creates this wildly toxic you know, reaction in the gut. At least like for me, it does. I could literally feel it the next day. I could taste like the oil, like in my mouth, like when I woke up, it's a trip. So, really? yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool though to, you know, I went for the longest time without even considering what I was eating you know, the first whole beginning half of my life, we just ate it, you know, I never, we never grew up in a healthy family. So I, I didn't really start thinking about what I was eating. And then when I did start thinking about it at first, I was just like, Oh, well, if I just eat less, I won't get fat. I just thought it was all about gaining weight. I, yeah. I just so, I was so dumb and ignorant to it. I just never considered the ramifications, you know, from eating very unhealthy foods and now it's it's just something I'd look at now. I, I, I look at every piece of food I'm eating and try and figure out where it came from. When you start thinking about where did this piece of food come from? How did it get into my hands? What, what was that process? You immediately, if you just stop and think about that, then your gut, your intuition kicks in and it tells you like, this is, a, this is healthier. You can start sensing the vibration of that food. Yeah, and you can, like I've noticed I can, I can think much more clearly um, in the last couple of years that I've been eating much healthier than I used to. Um, it's just like the brain fog that I used to have um, is pretty much gone now. Um, and you don't notice it until it goes away. You know, you just kind of think that's normal um, when you, when you've been eating unhealthy for so long. And then, and then as soon as you start eating healthy and that starts going away and clearing up and you're like, wow, I can, I can like think more clearly and I don't have this, like, I'm less tired. You know, I have more energy. That's been a big one. Like I, I have way more energy than I used to. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, big, that's a, and I don't feel this like, uh, kind of feeling all the time, which is what I used to kind of have. But again, I just kind of like accepted that as normal before, but I didn't even have the thought before like, Oh, it's cause I'm not eating healthy. <laughs> yeah. And ex exactly. Until, until I did. And I'm like, Oh, this is what, I'm, I'm supposed to feel like, you know, when you eat something, it's not supposed to make you want to take a nap or feel lethargic or feel like crap. Like, yeah, you, when you eat, that's not supposed to happen. So many people, we've, we become accustomed to that. Like, Oh, eat a big meal, go take a nap. Like, that's not how it works. That piece <laughs> of food should be fueling you immediately. Like, and if you, yeah, eat, your, your food, your food should be giving you energy and, and, Giving yeah, like health, if, <laughs> essentially, if you eat like um, uh, let's say one of my friends, uh, he's from Mexico, and they don't they eat what's in season all year round, and they're very healthy mm -hmm. uh, over there. Not all of them, but part of the reason is because they eat what's in season, what comes out of the ground. They don't have much of a choice where he's from, and right now it's mango season, and nice. uh, oh, I love mangoes. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I had. A, I just, yeah, I've been eating mangoes lately, and it's like as soon as you eat that mango, that's like nature's energy drink to me. It's like yeah. I just feel amazing. I can eat a mango and just keep going, or a piece of fruit. But as soon as you eat that cheeseburger, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. And the brain fog, just so you know, that's very much a heavy metal resonance at the top of the head. Oh, yeah. 
you feel that after eating, that's your body starting like to process the after effects of the chemicals in the food. And it's going to go right up into your head. And when you have a lot of that heavy metal stuff, rather, that's literally what people talk about. It's like a brain fog, an uncertainty, a very short attention span, mm -hmm. a really interesting sort of clogged up sensation, like emotional, like clarity is very, very hard to maintain. Very indicative of heavy metal and all the weaponized food buildup. So. Yeah, and that's another thing. There's so much heavy metal in our foods from uh, chemtrails and from, and there's so much, you know, there's GMOs, there's um, pesticides, there's just so much. The list yeah. is, nev the list is never ending. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, if you're not detoxing from that, yeah, you're, you're just, you're just storing all that up in your body and it just stays I, uh, there. I, uh, what do you, do you, Matthew, do you take anything as far as, uh, any supplements to try and heavy metal detox or anything along those lines? Like what do you, is there like a daily uh, lineup? Yeah, there is actually. Uh, I would say the, the, one of the first things I started taking, which I didn't even realize at the time had some sort of like a detox, detox uh, factor was fulvic acid, F-U-L-V-I-C. Um, I think it's an active compound in shilajit. If you're familiar with that, fulvic acid is much easier to take, tastes a lot easier. Um, so uh, there's that that carries a bunch of uh, the minerals that will go into your brain that'll help you start to break down the bonds that will hold the heavy metal, like whatever it is uh, within the brain. So there's fulvic acid. That's something I'm not currently taking that at the moment just because I don't have any, but um, I take iodine with kelp. That's something that we take on almost a daily basis. Um, magnesium, silica. Um, I've taken diatomaceous earth in the past in small doses. Um, uh, chlorophyll, I found, is, to, is very, very helpful in breaking that down. Also, I think from the muscles also. Uh, what else? What else were we taking? Uh, zeolite. Uh, I have not taken that, but I know a lot of people do. I, I actually, I was taking it. I actually have some still. Oh, nice, nice. Start taking it again. Uh, but yeah, you said chlorophyll, like spirulina and stuff yeah, like that absolutely. helps a lot. There's also a compound called elixir of, uh, of a lake. And I think it comes from Klamath Lake in like Oregon or Washington or, or like wherever that is. But that's some sort of a blue green algae mixture that I found to be incredibly powerful. Really? Kind of moving that out of the body. You can get that a lot of health food stores, but it seems like there's a number of things that everyone's taking uh, right now. So it's kind of like whatever works best. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm kind of, uh, well, during the, flu season i uh i've been trying to focus on stuff that kind of boosts your immune system uh, zinc is also very helpful for that one. zinc um elderberry yeah. syrup um i take this reishi mushroom extract mm -hmm. um echinacea or however you say that how echinacea. do you echinacea okay yeah <laughs> echinacea. um uh, a couple other just stuff like that i kind of make i just do in the morning and i've felt great like all winter i haven't even got the slightest uh cold symptom yet and that's rare for me so i really i really do believe this stuff works it's just you have to be um you have to make it a habit you, you know i used to just buy a bottle of it and then finish the bottle and never buy it again and you know i would never keep up with it so it's 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 you have to make it a practice just yeah. like you have to do with everything else uh, meditation that's another thing that oh yeah that's another thing that's, I still don't do as much as I should, but I'm definitely progressing. 
uh, do you, uh, what do you have, what do your medit do you meditate? Obviously, I'm sure you do. Um, uh, probably multiple hours a day, every day, to the extent that somebody would probably be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're just sitting there." Um, I feel like, uh, at least like for me, in the process of like the understanding who I am, what I'm doing here, healing uh, the trauma that exists in my body, um, expanding the awareness that like we're all given the active conscious daily some form of like a connective thing that i do whether it's like a meditation or like qigong or you know some other practice um i i do it constantly but i think i'm also at a stage where it's easy for me to do that and that this work is literally the only thing that i do um so i might have dead spots in the day in which i'm able to sit down for like a half an hour and do that so um, for me, I think staying conscious contact with some aspect of the spirit realm is probably one of the greatest things that I can do in order to continue to do the work that I'm doing. But I also have to stay grounded. So, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's other stuff that I do along with that. But, um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the greatest ways that we can expand our awareness. On, you know, um, what do you... Uh... Do you do any other, like, okay, so do you any, do any physical techniques for staying grounded as far as, you know, grounding yourself, walking barefoot? I've heard, like, uh, tiger's eye is a good crystal to keep on you, especially during the winter when you can't really go outside barefoot. Uh, are there anything you do like that? Yeah, physically. To keep yourself grounded aside from meditation? Qigong has probably been one of the most incredible things I ever started doing in my life in terms of allowing energy to move through the body, in terms of grounding your energy and kind of like integrating the flow of energy through the body. You can literally do it anywhere. Uh, I would say if there's anything that I ever tell people after a session, if you start doing an act of like Qigong in some form on like a consistent basis, you will experience incredible changes in your body, whether it be through emotional grounding, physical healing, um, your body will change, you will be to experience new levels of awareness. It's an absolute fact. I will say for me, that's been the number one thing along with some form of like a meditative practice that I do almost every single day. Um, that you can also just do like conscious breathing through the bottoms of your feet. Uh, we have this ability to move breath literally any area of our body when you begin to expand your awareness. So we can do conscious breathing, we can do grounding, we can do walking, we can carry stones. Uh, there's a multiple, there's like multiple ways, but I prefer something uh, like Qigong, I would say, just because it gets you involved in moving and breathing. And so, yeah, I've been wanting um, to, I've been wanting to start doing Qigong. I, um, so I went to Eclipse of Disclosure in uh, 2017, which I believe you were at, right? I certainly was. That's actually where a lot of the stuff really started kind of like kicking up for me. So Nice, nice. Yeah, but I went to um, Eric Rain's workshop there. Yep. And that was the first time I'd ever done Qigong. And it was amazing. Like, <laughs> I, I could totally feel the energy like the whole time. Oh, yeah. And at the end of it, I was just like buzzing. I was just like vibrating and I could just feel, I just felt amazing and I felt all this energy. Um, and I was just, I was just like, oh, I need to start doing this. But then I just never <laughs> got in the habit of doing it. I've done it a few times since then, but I need to, I need to really, um, I want to really like get into a habit of trying to do that every day. He's actually, 
one that got me started on it. So I would like oh, yeah. to, like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Can either of you give me a crash course on Qigong? So I, I'm not really familiar with it. And I know a lot of people listening to this might not be either. So can you just give us a brief uh, rundown of what that yeah. is, what that process is? To make it as simple as possible, uh, the Chinese have been doing the simple practice of breathing and conscious movement of, of the body in these specific forms movements and rhythms for thousands of years they seem to have the effect and i'm approaching this from a very very basic understanding because i've used a very simple set of uh a very simple set of things at the moment it's far more expanded based on stuff that i do but what it has allowed me to do and is to open up channels of energy uh chakras uh, meridians specific areas in our body that allow us to move and hold energy and what happens is that breaks through multiple layers so basically what you're doing is you're going to be breathing and you're going to be going through a movement of gently like moving your arms and breathing in a certain specific way and you'll hold your feet in a specific posture it's very much it's kind of like a yogic practice in that it's more about like the focus the stillness and the movement like breath in the body than it is specifically like the physical attributes of what you're doing. And that might be a pretty poor example, but um, I would say just go onto YouTube and Google Qigong and see what comes up. You'll get a million videos and they'll all be pretty simple. I would say at the beginning it's just more about like intention. If that, if that makes sense. No, that was a, that was a great <laughs> explanation actually. Um, okay. You know, I'm still new to all this also, you know, a lot of aspects of it I am anyway. Uh, some of it I hear, I'm like, yeah, that's old news. I know that I've done that. But uh, I like when I uh, get to try something new and, and integrate it into what I'm already doing. So I'll have to look into that definitely. Um, I know Aaron and I both, we still both have full-time jobs and it's, it's not easy to yeah. do all this stuff. You have to kind of really yeah. set aside some time to do these spiritual practices um and uh it's it's hard sometimes you know it, you it's not easy to step we i i haven't made the leap out of that you know um out of that realm yet but i uh it's 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 a process it's happening i feel you i think uh, the very fact that you are here like doing this here show is you leaping out of that realm for you and like expanding and like each of us are going to end up uh, having that experience in our own way. I think I had maybe the advantage of having those addictions early on in my life. And I think that certain people that have those experiences early on, and you will have probably channeled this into something in your own life as well, is it will create this incredible amount of focus later on. For those of us that can harness that energy, it can become like this focus and this obsession that when properly applied in the right way under the right conditions, I literally break through so many layers of your life. So um, I think just the fact that you're here, like doing the show, this, this is you like breaking out of the matrix. So I feel you. I, uh, I feel the same way. I've, I've, as soon as we started this, it was like every aspect of my being just told me it was right. Like this is do this. And the fact that it happened so effort, effortless, effortlessly uh, be, for us, it was just, you know, things fall into place for a reason. Yeah, it's funny because I've, I've been wanting to do something for a while. Um, I'm like, oh, I should do a YouTube channel. 
Um, but I feel awkward just doing videos, especially by myself. Um, and then I was, then I actually I thought about doing a podcast um, by myself. And uh, I was also, that was more like, okay, I can do that. But then I just kind of put it on the shelf and was like, uh, you know, who's going to, who's going to listen to it, you know, <laughs> or like, I would like talk myself out of it or, or just be like, ah, maybe later. Um, but I wanted to do something just, or, or, oh, I will start writing articles or, you know, I, I don't know, just something, um, as like a regular way to, to get out yeah, uh, did, my did. own thoughts and feelings on things. And, and then, but also I like this a lot better because then we're able to interview people like you and awesome people in this community and get, get their story and, and their thoughts on things out. And, uh, yeah, well, we're gaining knowledge from doing this and, you know, knowing is growing. So, you know, when you, the more, you know, the more you can grow and, you know, it's, it's I guess that's a, just another way of describing waking up. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then when, uh, I met up with Tyler a couple months ago and he kind of said the same exact thing. He's like, yeah, I've been wanting to do something, but I just don't know what. And I brought up the podcast idea and, um, it seems like with the, you know, with the both of us going at it, it just kind of flowed naturally. <laughs> it just kind of worked. Yeah, and, I love uh, it. it was way less awkward that, you know, we we're both doing it instead of just one, one of us going at it. So, uh, I, and you know what, I feel like that's a huge thing is like collaboration and, uh, uh, joining up with others in the community. It's like things flow so much easier that way than you just trying to do everything yourself, you know? We're um, all activating each other. Exactly. Strange sort of way, yeah. Exactly. Well, so every, you know, some people don't, I think everybody, uh, like you and I, maybe we needed each other. Matthew, he was on his own. He has obviously no problem getting in front of the camera and doing readings for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a- You're great yeah. at that, yeah. That's, that's a hard thing to do, man. Yeah. Was, that, was that like at first, when you first started doing that? Um, was that hard? Actually, that's been the hardest part of this whole thing to literally get up here and come on camera or stand up in, in front of people and say, okay, I'm going to tell you something about your life that you, <laughs> you know, need a confirmation of or have some need. You know what I mean? Uh, to do that in a public sense has been honestly the greatest risk that I have ever taken in this entire life. Um, yeah. How has also been the greatest payback, like the greatest opportunity, uh, the reward has been beyond anything, but it's very difficult. Um, I think we've all seen uh, the way as soon as you start like doing something in public just attracts a lot of uh, just, you know, like attention that goes both ways and it can be, it can be an interesting, an interesting process, but yeah, it's a like, leap of faith, you know what I mean? Especially when you start doing like intuitive work and I think we're gonna see in the coming years, people that never thought they would ever be doing this kind of work suddenly being able to do it as good or better than the people that have been doing it for many years because you're awakening an aspect of yourself that already exists number one and you're you know you're opening up to this whole new like ascension process is happening within you and within that fourth that fourth dimensional shift excuse me those that that source of energy starts to come online for us in the way in which we're able to use and perceive and understand those energies more. So you're going to be seeing a lot more of that, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's certainly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Especially well, for an introvert. 
like, it's, it's uh, one it's being, it's one thing to make to make a video and edit it and review it and like okay i'm happy with that but to be able to go live and just really put yourself out there that's the that's why i, I like that live button on facebook scares me to death you know yeah yeah uh, same i mean maybe not so much anymore like you said it's just kind of People who never would have thought we're doing it are going to be able to do it. I like that uh, because it's true. It's very true. Everybody, you know, you can't just you can't just live the same year over and over and over and call to life. Something's got to happen. Something's got to change, and people are going to start discovering who they are and why they're here. Yeah, um, and uh, Joseph uh, Joseph Irwin, who we had on earlier in the podcast, um, he was kind of saying like. Um, you know, it's hard at first when you don't have any momentum built up and you don't know what, you know, if people are going to be receptive to it or if anyone's going to watch it or care, or, you know, how, what people are going to think of you if you, you know, and it's easy to that, you know, kind of blocks you and you, you, you just kind of get stuck there, you know, but once you just get going and get some momentum built up, um, then it, it just, just let it flow naturally and you just keep going. And that's, I feel like that's kind of what we've been doing. And that's, I feel like that's what you've been doing too. You just kind of started doing it. I would like to think so. I would say like, if there's anything that I would add, uh, like into that mix would be like the knowledge of self. And I think like for me, when I truly understood who I was and what I was doing here, the idea that I needed like to get up in front of people and to start expressing that it was still very frightening, but, like when I knew that it was true and it was real and it was happening and I could mm -hmm. see and watch how things would change and watch how there would be this truth and this growth that would happen afterwards. I just knew, and I would get this message constantly and they were like, Matthew, like you have to try harder. You have to go in front of people. You have to go public. And I resisted it. Um, I think that like when you really come into the situation with a whole heart, with a willingness to be like, I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to do it over and over and over again. And in the beginning, I'm going to stumble, I'm going to stutter to get it wrong and it's going to be awkward. And what happens is we continue to just do it. It sounds so childish, but at least like for me, it's been about continuing to show up, continue mm. to keep trying um, and things will invariably change on some level, you know? Yeah, that's that's Absolutely. beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Aaron, what what time are we at right now? I, I don't see it on my end of the screen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's it's not showing me like a time, but uh I think we're at a little over a little over an hour. Yeah, yeah. Like an hour and ten minutes maybe. <laughs> okay, so well uh, when you're not used to it, right? You're like, wait, what? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started um, using it as well. So do you nice. want to, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, is there any last things you'd like to add, uh, Matthew? You have a deck of cards on you. You want to pull a card for me and Aaron? I can actually. I do actually. Oh, right. yay. Yes, we absolutely can. Um, and I would say as we're getting ready to do this, I truly appreciate you guys. I truly appreciate you guys having uh, me on. And, uh, if anyone has any questions, if you want to book a reading or understand anything about like energy work, if you need an energy clearing, if you feel you have some form of spirit attachment, implantation, or struggling with some element of energy or emotion that's stuck within your body, reach me at my website, remember your mission.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook uh, under Matthew uh, Mornian, Matthew Aaron Mornian. Uh, but yeah, we'll pull a we get we'll pull a card for each of you guys. We shall start with Tyler. So if you can, Tyler, maybe just take a deep breath in for it. 
And she's just a nice slow breath in. Just exhale that breath out. And so we'll just ask anything we need. Uh, my body spirit complex one is Tyler. Tyler, Tyler. Just any messages, anything we have for him. Uh, just a guidance. Assistance going Oh, it looks like you're activating the throat chakra. That's a good thing. I'm actually pulling a couple cards because the first thing that came out was this big throat chakra card, the Two of Swords, which is interesting because this is one of the few cards in tarot that will tell you exactly what area of the body we're talking about. When you're expanding the throat chakra. We're working with what's called sword energy, the suit of swords in tarot. That's how we speak, when we speak, of communication, intellect, the transmission of messages. So when we ask what's up with Tyler and we get the two of swords, um, in my opinion, this is actually a good thing for you because I think this indicates you've been working through a blockage in how you're like communicating yourself, how you're speaking publicly, how you're opening uh, the voice. It will also tell you to continue to open the throat, to speak more of your truth, to expand the frequencies of whatever's coming out of you, especially that's your throat chakra part. The two of swords, also, when we're looking at energy in the body, we'll also tell you in this strange roundabout way when not to say something. And it's super dark in here. I say this all the time. But if you can see the card, you see that she's got this cross. She's got a blindfold on. The Two of Swords is also about when not to speak about a certain thing. But in general, I would say it bodes well for the ongoing uh, working through whatever you're speaking out in this world. Um, and to add to that, the reason why I pulled another card after that, just because I wanted to understand if it was a blockage, if it uh, pertains to, or rather, what area of your life it could be about. The reason why I say it's specifically about how you're speaking your truth to the world is because of the Knight of Swords. And it's very hard to see, but this guy, he's swooping down from the heavens. He's got this highly electrified sword. He can represent intensity in how we communicate our message, the tone with which it's getting uh, delivered. Um, when you see a lot of sword energy, you're expanding. You're expanding your frequency. It can also be severity in how it's coming across. Um, but it looks like an expansive time for you and how you're expressing yourself to the world. So. That was uh, beautiful because that's. Oh, that makes sense, man. No, it does. I've been I've been working on my throat chakra. I was even just telling myself that maybe yesterday or this morning, and that's exactly what's been happening because I I really went against what. I knew or against what my gut was telling me in the past and I was posting stuff on Facebook and doing this. I was not thinking about what I was doing and I was, and I was uh, suffering the consequences. I, I got myself into a situation that I was not happy with. So I really started focusing on like, okay, I, I need to be selective about what I'm talking about or what I'm posting or, or, or even in public or how, you know, choose, choosing my words wisely. Uh, and I've been really focusing on that. So that's amazing that you pulled that. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cool. And for Mr. Aaron over here, so you can do the same thing. We'll just, just take a nice little breath in, just a nice little deep, easy breath. It's like we're just kind of priming that pump, that energetic vessel inside your body. You're just kind of taking a big, slow breath in. Just take one more for me here. All right, here we go. So uh, for my body spirit complex, name is Aaron. Aaron, Aaron. Just anything you need to be made aware of uh, at this stage of his journey? Uh, anything you guys have with, you with regard to just you know where he's at, where he's going? Oh, cool. 
All right. So, all right. So, Aaron, interestingly enough, I would say if we're, I'm just going to kind of jump right in on this because I think for you, if you're looking for an area of your overall energetic structure, area of your body, or something that you can awaken or work going to help you kind of expand yourself, expand your quote-unquote mission, how you receive what you're doing, kind of supercharging your own energy. The four of pentacles, hard to see, but this guy, he's kind of clutching it. He's wearing it. He's sitting in a box with it. It's right over his solar plexus. So that's what I talk about when I say how the tarot will apply to specific energy centers in our body, things that we can strengthen or awaken to kind of expand our awareness. So this guy's all about the solar plexus. Um, but he's also about bringing in new energy in our physical realm. He can become stagnant in certain practices, the same things, sometimes a little bit too much. He needs to integrate a level of kind of change. Now, the reason why I pulled another card for you as well is because I'm wondering what area that's in, how that pays off, what that means for him, where does it go, what does he need to change? And we're talking about solar plexus, so it's going to be kind of old stuff early childhood stuff layers of like programming um if you can see the card it's okay if you can't the guy looks a little he can be constipated in a weird sense he looks a little frustrated yeah. so this also points to kind of frustration and lack of movement in certain areas of our life toward the things we're trying to manifest but so four of pentacles shows up when we're trying to make things happen things like or we'll need something that's not coming in it's because we're holding, we're clutching onto either an old way, a way of operating, an element of the previous version of Aaron, et cetera, et cetera. I might be kind of over-interpreting for you. But the reason why I asked what's the other card or what else comes with that is the Nine of Pentacles, an interesting person to have. And once again, hard to see here, but we have this woman standing at the gate of a certain place. It's very ornate. It's beautiful. There's a beautiful garden. She's dressed nicely. Everything looks really good. It feels really good. She looks like she's in a great place. But the thing about it is the Nine of Pentacles oftentimes begins to bring us uh, profits, like a reward, like a benefit from the work we've done. But it's a nine. So just from like a numerological standpoint, it's right at the gate of something. It's not fully, it's not fully done. It's not all the way there. Bring you right up to the gate of an experience, a stage, or something in your life for the express purpose of having to be face-to-face -face with it and understand, is this me? Is this actually what I want? What's my motivation? I asked for this thing, and now it's here right in front of me. It asks you to just take a little bit closer look and be sure that you're ready to step through the doorway or the threshold. Because like when we come to the nines in tarot, you're coming kind of to the end of an era or almost to the end of an era. So for you, it's kind of a, a, a more of like a big picture activation stage with understanding maybe the solar plexus holds some mystery, some activation, some wounds that you would need to work through. Um, and then understanding that you're being brought right up to the face of a new stage or like a new experience in your life expressly so you can examine and be sure that's what you really want. And um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, that does. That's, yeah. I think that's pretty, that's pretty spot on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. get to work, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Uh, right away. Thank you. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. very, very accurate, actually, uh, to where I'm at. Um, yeah, I've been kind of feeling um, like I, I want to break through to, like, the life I really want. 
uh, for a while, actually, because um, I'm working a job that I'm just like, uh, I'm not, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I, uh, I've been maybe trying to want to live off grid if possible, or um, kind of like just build the life that I that I really want. And, um, and well, I feel like I've been trying to like, figure out how to do that for a while. But I've, but it's been like I'm running through mud with that, you know. One of the beautiful things about uh, tarot is it, it kind of tells you what I think in some aspect it tells you what you already knew. So uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's like it's just like putting uh, the spotlight on something that you need to f- that you need to focus on, and so deep down, deep down, you really know what you have to do, and and it, and I think that message. Uh, was awesome for both of us. I mean, it just kind of great work, Matthew, because you, well, def- you definitely nailed it. And I, uh, thanks again for coming on. We loved having you. And yeah. do you want to drop your uh, website one more time? Yeah. RememberYourMission.com. RememberYourMission.com. You uh, also yeah. make it on Facebook as well. So. Yeah, and uh, make sure you check that out. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, hop on to one of his live videos. Get a reading for yourself um, or sign up for your class. When's it, uh, You want to tell us the dates of that class yeah, again? Yeah, it's March 31st and April 7th. It's a two-week course. So, yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, uh, thanks again for coming on, man. We loved having you. It was, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again. Thanks it. for the readings. And uh, yes, Aaron, anything you want to add to that before we go? Uh, no, just thank you so much for coming on and, uh, yeah, just blessing us with your presence and, uh, and thank you for those readings and that's why I'm here. Yes. And, and all the, all the awesome information that you've shared. Yes. Just thank you. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. It's truly an honor. All right. Until next next time. All right, guys. Yes. Later, man. Later. Later.